0: As we turn now to god's word and think upon our passage from romans chapter 5 this morning let us pray father in heaven we give you thanks this day for the opportunity of gathering onto the authority and teaching of your holy and eternal word we pray you'll speak to us from it today for christ's sake amen just two verses from romans chapter 5 verse 12 and verse 15 therefore Just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace, and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. Today we're following on from last week when we thought about the Blessings of being a Christian, of being justified through faith in Christ alone. Today we want to look at the basis of being a Christian. Why all the things have been spoken about in the first 11 verses, how did that all come about? What happened? Maybe you remember when you were at school, Newton's law of motion. For every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Or perhaps you can picture a line of dynamo's lined up and you know when you push one, they all follow after each other in falling down. Or perhaps if you throw a stone into water, the ripples go out from it. So there are consequences or implications of a particular thing that happens in life. Just as we make decisions and there are implications from it, good or bad, there are reactions and implications, consequences, from what happens. The COVID virus, for example, has spread and spread and spread throughout the whole world by whatever and various means that has come about. We've seen recently the death of George Floyd in the States and the reaction, the consequences that have flowed from that. So our passage in some ways is simpler, similar to that because today we're thinking about the implications of Adam's sin and of Christ's obedient death on the cross. Remember last week how we saw the blessings of being a Christian, of being justified through faith, how we have peace, we have grace, and we hope for the hope of glory. We've been set free, we've been declared not guilty, all because of Christ coming into the world, his death on the cross on our behalf, taking the punishment for our sins that we richly deserved, and how we were reconciled, saved through God's righteous, from God's righteous anger, through Christ's death on the cross how his wrath is not carried out upon us because God in his love and mercy sent Jesus Christ into the world and Christ died a willing sacrifice obedient to death on the cross God has poured out his his love on us by sending the Holy Spirit into our lives so as I said our actions and our decisions can affect many and all for good or bad The questions we can ask about this passage today is, how could one man's actions do so much harm? And how could another man's actions bring so much blessing? In answer, Paul looks at Adam and his actions, compares them with Christ and his actions. In verses 12 and 14, we see three stages of the history of humanity before Christ. We read in verses 12 to 14 therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin in this way death came to all men because all sinned for before the law was given sin was in the world but sin was not taken into account when there was no law nevertheless death reigned from the time of adam to the time of moses even those who did not sin by breaking a command did as adam who was a pattern of the one to come So we see that sin entered the world through one man, one man's disobedience, Adam's. And because of sin, death then came into the world. That is the penalty for sin. Death, whatever form that takes. And we think about that later on. And then death spread to all people because everyone sinned. Sin was a disease, just like the coronavirus, which has spread and spread. It came into everybody in the world. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive. There is it, in Adam all die. We have all inherited the disease of sin. We were born in sin and shaken in iniquity, David says in Psalm 51. We read in chapter 3 of Romans, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. If together become worthless there's no one who does good not even one so we see that sin has a worldwide implication it's passed on uh, to every generation it's an inherited disease so therefore we have to look at what it means that sin came to everybody and then by it the death death the penalty for sin what does death mean well, death can have three types. We know that death has a 100% record. Physically, everybody dies. Uh, There's spiritual death. Spiritual death is what happens to people in this life where they ignore God, they ignore the call of God and of Christ upon their lives, the claims of God upon their lives for salvation, of, rep- of not seeking repentance of their sins, confessing, admitting and turning to Christ as our Saviour and Lord. That's spiritual death. And why we can suffer physical death. Spiritual death can happen in this world if we don't turn and trust in Christ as Lord and Saviour for the forgiveness of our sins. And then there's eternal death. That is what happens after we die. If we do not come to faith in Christ, it's too late after we die. There's no second chance, no opportunity to get right with God. The day is lost We're locked out of heaven, as it were, and God will say, I never knew you. Yes, we all grieve when we lose family and friends, yet in the midst of life we are in death, we're told, we can have hope. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There is a promise. If we believe in him, we will have the gift of eternal life. We will never perish. We will never be eternally separated from God because of sin. Jesus said to to Martha, I am the resurrection life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? There, Jesus makes the promise that as we live, even though we will physically die, if we believe in him and trust in him, we will never die key is there who believes in me, trusts in Christ. Even though we live and believe in him, we will never die, he says. We will have eternal life, God's gift to us. Jesus said, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life and will raise him up at the last day. We are promised that if we are in Christ, if we trust in him, then we are guaranteed and assured a certainty of heaven one day. That's the consequence of believing and trusting Christ. The consequence of being in Adam, not believing and trusting Christ, living in sin and living without Christ, being disobedient and not following God's word and God's ways and God's will in our life is that we are separated forever from God. So that's the good news that we can have eternal life in Christ. We can be forgiven our sins but we must no longer be in Adam. Given that thought that one day will die, we just have to ask ourselves today at this moment, what sort of death can I expect? I can expect physical death, but am I sure that I will? I'm not living in spiritual death at this moment in time, and I'm sure that I can avoid eternal death? Edwin Lutzer who wrote a book on heaven and the afterlife, writes, Death is not the end of the road. It is only a bend in the road. The road winds only through those paths which Christ has gone. Often we say that Christ will meet us on the other side. That is true, but misleading. He walks with us on this side of the curtain and then guides us through the opening. We will meet him there because we met him here. That last line is very important. We will meet him there. That is in heaven because we've met him here on earth. If we've come now and trusted in Christ, then we are sure one day we will meet him in heaven. The second thought we gain from these passages this morning is from verses 15 to 17. We read, But the gift is not like the trespass, for if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace Gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to many. We see here the pattern of Adam and of Christ. Now, a pattern is an example of what we can expect from the finished product from the real, genuine article. For example, a knitting pattern, it remains a pattern. If the pattern is followed, then the end product is a beautifully knitted garment. Or consider that famous flat pack you can get from places like IKEA. It's merely a, a pattern, it must be followed. If the pattern is followed carefully and closely, then you have a finished, perfect product. Adam here is described as a pattern, a pattern of what was to come. Adam sinned. Adam did wrong, it says in verse 14, and he therefore brought sin and death into the world. And all have sinned, and all therefore die. He is the pattern or the example of what sin is like. If we look at Adam, we see the motive behind his deed. Adam sinned, and therefore he brought sin and death into the world. Many died by the trespass of one man, it says here. In verse 15 Adam tried to be selfish Adam was disobedient and so was Eve in the Garden of Eden they didn't follow God's way and God's word and God's command as we read in Genesis chapter 3 Adam and Eve were both tempted when they saw the fruit it looked beautiful to eat were told and they touched it and then they tasted and that was the moment of disobedience that was a moment of sin and death came into the world. But then contrast that with Jesus Christ, who was obedient to God and God's word and God's command. He offered himself willingly and obediently upon a cross for the benefit of all. Adam's sin did not benefit mankind, it brought disaster, death, and destruction into the world. But Jesus brought life. And life eternal and life abundant because he was as Paul says the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me so that's the contrast the motive of Adam was totally self-centered whereas Jesus motive on going to the cross was God centered and obedient to God then the effects of their deeds were told It brought death and sin, for by many the trespass of one man the trespass of one man brought death. But in Christ Jesus we learn that we have been reconciled to God. In Second Corinthians chapter 5 Paul speaking of the new life we have through Christ says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. It's clear that God through Christ reconciled us provided the means of our reconciliation so therefore we must be reconciled to God so the effect of the deed was that Adam brought sin and death into the world and brought separation from God but Jesus Christ by his death brought life eternal life life abundant life in all its fullness this is all possible because of Christ's finished work on the cross how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to many. It had worldwide benefits and implications, Jesus' death. And then the nature of their deeds. Adam's deed was disobedience. His desire, as I said, to go his own selfish way. It brought condemnation, it brought separation, it brought all the suffering into the world, all the evil, all the wrongdoing. And it's been passed down from generation to generation. And death, the penalty for sin, has come to all. But as we see, the good news, the great good news, is that we can be reconciled, acquitted. We have life for all due to Christ's unselfish, sacrificial, obedient, and righteous death on the cross. We read in verses 18 and 19. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just through the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners, so through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. There are the nature of their deeds disobedience bringing condemnation. There is obedience bring people to be made right with God. Jesus said that the hour was coming for him to be glorified. The hour has now come, glorify your son, so your son may glorify you. We know how also Paul said in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, we read about Jesus Christ, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient, even de- death on a cross. So Jesus Christ was obedient to death on a cross and by the nature of his very deed he brought new life and the forgiveness of sins to all of us so really to sum up we see the contrast between Adam and Christ in these verses the motive behind Adam's deed was selfish and it brought death and destruction but Jesus Christ was unselfish he was obedient he sacrificed himself and therefore brought life The nature of their deeds was that Adam disobeyed, disobeyed God's command, whereas Christ obeyed it. And the effect was Adam's sin brought death and condemnation, whereas Jesus' death brought righteousness and justification and new life to all of us. So there are clearly two people here. In the Bible, there are always two ways. There's no middle way. You're either one or the other. We're either alive in Christ or we're dead in our sins. That is just the very clear facts of Scripture. We're either standing condemned before God because of our sin, or we're standing justified, made right with God, because we have trusted in Christ. We're either one of the old. We're either living today in the old, fallen, sinful nature, the nature that is in Adam, or we're living the new nature of faith alone, trust in Christ, through the finished work of christ we are either in adam today or we're in christ believing and trusting in christ for our salvation and for eternal life paul writing in ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says as for you you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air the Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedience. That's what we were like when we were dead our trespasses, when we followed the ways of this world and the sin and evil in the world, when we allowed the nature of Adam to reign in our lives. But Paul says that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Very clearly, that is what God calls us to be, a new creation in Jesus Christ saying no to sin and trusting in Christ. Because, as I said, the implications are we are separated forever if we don't repent of our sins from God and from Christ. If we turn and trust in Christ, we have God's presence in our lives now. We have the gift of eternal life now with us. Remember how it said in the beginning of chapter 5, we have peace, we've been justified through peace, faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which you now stand and we rejoice in the hope of glory we have peace we have grace and we have glory as I said already by our trusting in Christ by being forgiven of our sins and therefore that's what God calls us to be he calls us if we were his enemies to be reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more having reconciled shall be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've now received this reconciliation. That's the question. Where do we stand today? Are we in Adam today? Are we living a life without repentance and faith in God and towards the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we in Adam? It's automatic. It doesn't have to come by any particular means. We are born in sin, we're shaped iniquity. It's an inherited disease. and Therefore, we need to get rid of a disease. We need a vaccine against it. And the vaccine against the disease of sin and death is Jesus Christ. Today, we're called to be in Christ. We're to believe in him and trust in him. I already quoted those verses to you earlier that said about us being in Christ And if we are in Christ and believing and trusting in Him by faith alone, then we are assured of no longer being condemned. We're assured of being reconciled, of being justified. We are being made members of God's family, children of God. So, the big question we have to ask ourselves today if we were to die today, tonight, or if God was good tomorrow, when Death comes and the call comes to you. Where are you standing in terms of your relationship with God? Are you in Christ today or are you in Adam? Which of those deaths would affect you? Eternal, spiritual, yes, physical will. But which are the other two? Will it be spiritual death or eternal death? You know we can avoid the spiritual. And the eternal death by coming and simply trusting in God and in Christ Jesus just as sin reigns in the world so in Christ life eternal life can reign in us we are assured today if we trust in Christ that we have that gift of life eternal so I say to you today these are crucial and important things I said to you already from Scripture that sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And this way death came to all men because all have sinned. But then we read the alternative. For if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. Yes, God has an overflowing blessing to us. Of life eternal, life abundant, it begins here and now on earth when we come and trust in Christ. We read at verse twenty-one: Just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ. God's grace, His undeserved act of mercy towards us, undeserving as we are, makes us right with God. It brings us eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord so today are you rejoicing in the blessings that you are justified through faith you have peace with God you have access into God's presence now and in heaven one day or have you not had that moment in your life yet of coming and simply trusting in Jesus Christ Jesus Christ has done all for that forgives our sins we don't need to do anything else but simply come and trust come and repent come and confess our sins admit our need of jesus christ believe only he can save us and come to him now because we have no guarantee of that great enemy death when will visit us so therefore we must come today and trust in christ are we in adam or are we in christ let us pray our gracious god and loving father we give you thanks this day for your holy and eternal word help us this day heavenly father to be sure that we are in christ that we are trusting in christ alone for our salvation for the forgiveness of our sins and for the assurance and certainty of heaven one day help us father to truly search our hearts allow your holy spirit to search our hearts and speak to us and to bring us to that place where we are trusting in christ so death the great enemy Will no longer have eternal consequences and eternal hold upon us so bless us father and help us this day as we have listened to the teaching of your word and to apply it to our lives and our living for christ's sake amen